0: Okay, so looking at John chapter 14, I'm going to read verses 25 down through about 31. And really what we're seeing is, is Jesus teaching the disciples, really his last will and testament is about to happen. And when you think about this, when Jesus starts imparting different things even from the cross and even before the cross it was like he was living out his own last will and testament so that's a different way to look at this this particular text that we're getting ready to look at he's about ready to dish out to different people things from his legacy okay but the one thing that he's going to give to his disciples is the most valuable thing of all and that's peace So I want to talk to you about the value of having spiritual peace. I'm not talking about temporary peace, but I want to take a deeper look at this. Now, I'm I'm reading out of today's English version, and this is a, again, I love reading out of these because they really amplify things. John 14, 25 through 31, it says this, I have told you this while I am still with you. The Helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and make you remember all that I have told you. Verse 27. Peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. We're going to take a look at that statement alone here in just a little bit. But then he says, along with that piece, he says, do not be worried and upset and don't be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am leaving, but I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the father for he is greater than I. I have told you this now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I cannot talk with you much longer Because the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me. But the world must know that I love the Father. And that is why I do everything as he commands me. And then he says, come, let us go from this place. I love that, that, that discourse right there, that talk that Jesus had with his disciples. Now, we're going to take a look at Jesus's The Last Will and Testament. I want to do this with you and, and kind of exposit this word right here and teach you what he's talking about so that you have a, a firm and good idea of the value of having spiritual peace. There is a value to having divine peace, not worldly peace, divine peace. Okay? The world is in such a state right now. That if a believer does not cling to spiritual peace. You will be lost and undone, tore up all the time. But you've got to cling to inner spiritual peace. To help guide you through these days that are ahead of us. Father in heaven we pray in the name of Jesus. We ask your wisdom. We ask your guidance. We ask your knowledge. We ask you to be our professor that looks over our shoulder, that, Lord, you may teach us the word and your will. We give everything to you, and we ask, Lord God, that you open up our minds that we can see. Give us eyes to see with, ears to hear with. As your word says, to him that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And God, we ask you to be here with us. We're two or more gathered together in your name, you are in the midst. You are here and you are amongst us. So be with us now, Lord God, and open up our eyes that we can know and we can hear. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. I wanted to take the time to talk to you about the value of spiritual peace. Many people try to make peace in some way and try to make it happen uh, to fill their lives and to fill a void that they have in their life for something that's missing. And really, when you, when you sit and think about it, all these superficial things uh, that, that, that we try to put in our lives to bring us peace is very, very temporary. I mean, really, your, your whole life, life's pursuit is for a, a state of mind, really. A security, a, a peaceful place that you can exist, a realm in which you call your home or your life a place of peace, somewhere where relaxation, peace of mind can exist. And so we pursue things. We pursue wealth. We pursue jobs. We pursue cars, homes, things, carnal things. And we keep putting them in the void because that void just keeps, it's just, it's just like water percolating into the ground. You fill that void all up that God's got in there, there that can only be satisfied with Christ Jesus. And you fill it all up with your carnal things and it just keeps percolating down to the bottom of your soul because your soul just can't handle it. It can't have it. The next thing you know, you're you're getting more and more and more and more and more void of peace. And then you have to have a refill. And then you go out and refill it with something. And it's all good for a little while. And void, 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 void. It percolates away and there it goes. And that is life. When you're living, trying to create your own peace. Peace is so valuable, He left it to us. Jesus could have told us, He could have told the disciples, what am I going to leave to you? He could have said, I'm going to leave you all power to do all miracles. But he didn't. He could have said that I'm going to to leave you the ability to do whatever it might be, some extravagant thing. But he didn't. He said, I'm going to leave you my peace. That is significant. Okay? The kind of peace that Jesus is referencing, and just like he says in his world right here, he said, I don't uh, in his word, I do not give it as the world does. It's not giving it. Why, why, you may ask yourself? Um why, what is the difference? Why is it that why is it the world can't create peace like this? The kind of peace that Jesus is giving is because Jesus is providing you through his death and resurrection and your belief and faith in him peace between you and God. The world can't provide that kind of peace. It can't take away your sin factor. It can't take away the, the, the seriousness and the consequences of sin. But Jesus's peace is the kind of peace that comes from heaven that man does not know anything about. Before I was saved and born again, I had no idea that such a peace existed. I had no idea. Oh, I could go out and have fun and take my mind off of things, but I did not know peace the way that I know peace. Now, the kind of peace that takes away the enmity that exists between you and your Maker. And let me tell you something. You may not know it because you've lived with it for a long time. And you've just become used to being having this sin thing going on. But let me tell you, there is a beautiful thing that happens when your slate is cleaned and you're washed in the blood. And peace is made between you and your Maker. That's why the world can't provide it. When your old account is settled... And there's nothing between you and God. The soul of man can know perfect rest. Now, it's extremely valuable because if, you're, if you have peace in your heart and soul, you can, you can approach things in life in a much different mindset and manner. And mindset is so very important. How you approach something. If you approach something in a negative light, it's going to be much worse as you go through it. Than it would be if you approach it with the peace of God. If you can set back and you there, there's peace between you and God, and you're going through a very difficult time, or there's stuff that's going on in your life, whatever it may be, you can relax knowing you gave it to God, there is nothing between you and God, and God's got it under control, and you can sleep at night. And those poor disciples were going to need some peace because they were getting ready to get wrangled by the devil. Man, how they needed the peace that Jesus was going to give. The world's peace is shallow and unsatisfying and temporary. While Jesus' peace rests deep in the heart and is always satisfying and it always abides forever. Romans 5.1 Philippians 4.4-9 4, 4 outlines how the believer may have peace when they know Jesus. Make no mistake about it, you're not going to find it in the world. Okay? In Jesus' death, now we're going to talk about this. As you walk through the Scriptures and you're looking at the last days of Jesus, even up until the time He was on the cross and He was crucified, He began dishing out the things to people what they were wanting. And what they deserved. Now I'm going to walk through this. Maybe you haven't thought of it like this. But this is what he gave out. In the very first scripture that I read to you. He says. I have told you you that while I'm with you. The helper, the Holy Spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name. The first thing that he says he's going to give to us. Is the Holy Spirit. That when Jesus leaves. The Holy Spirit, he promises us one thing of his his legacy is that the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to give it to us. Now this was much different because in the Old Testament in which Jesus was an Old Testament figure, the New Testament did not begin until the book of Acts and the day of Pentecost. That was when the church was born is when the the Holy Spirit came 50 days after the crucifixion or the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 50 days came along, Pentecost happened, that's when the church was born. The difference being this, now no longer did the Holy Spirit dwell on you like it did in the the Old Testament when prophets would speak. Now it came to dwell within you. So the very thing, the first thing that Jesus was going to give to us in his last will and testament was the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going away. We have this relationship, you and I. It's an outward relationship. You follow me around and you listen to what I say. And that's great. But it's really important for you that I go to heaven. And the reason it's important for you is we're going to become much more closer. I'm not going to just be around you. I'm not going to be just someone you can hear, speak, and follow. No, I'm going to come and live in you. I'm going to be in your very soul. I'm going to be in your mind. I'm going to be in your thinking. I'm going to be with you everywhere you go. And I'm going to, going to be helping you make inward decisions, examining yourself. I'm going to be there being your advocate within you. I'm going to come inside you. Me and my Father are going to dwell within your soul. So that's the very first thing. Now, the, the, the incoming of the Holy Spirit, that's a whole other sermon but let me just tell you a few things that it gives to you. It gives you the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 love, peace, joy, uh, gentleness, meekness, goodness, kindness. All those things are a result of the Holy Spirit making its abode in your heart. Now, how much you depend on that and let that live within you is up to you. But it's there if you'll call upon it and if you'll live by it. It also brings you all the gifts of the Spirit. Gifts that God has said would be adequate for you and needful for you. Whether that's a worker of a miracle. Whether that's speaking in the tongues. Whether that is laying hands on the sick. Whether that's being a worker of a miracle. There's a whole big bunch of them. Governments, a word of knowledge. There's a whole big bunch of gifts that the Holy Spirit brings and gives to each believer. So that when we all come together, we fit nicely together like a body does. Unified together working properly. Benefiting one another. That's the one thing that He gave. Going down through His will. To His Father. On the cross. Jesus bequeathed His soul. Father, into Thy hands I commit my spirit. He gave His soul to God. As his last will and testament. He gave us the Holy Spirit. Gave his father his soul. His body. He gave to Joseph. Of Arimathea. To be decently interred. Joseph was concerned about Jesus' body. And so Jesus gave that to Joseph. Joseph. So, to his Joseph, he gave the body. To his father, he gave his soul. To us, gift number one was the Holy Spirit. His seamless robe, he gave to the greedy soldiers who were gambling for it beneath his cross. That's what they wanted. That's what they got. A heap of meaningless nothingness. A garment. When the King of Kings was hanging right above them. When the Master of Life was right there on the cross. When the Giver of all things, the Creator of all the universe, and everything that's in it, Was right there before them. The only thing they wanted from him was his robe. How destitute of truth were they? How blind were they to what was really happening? How many people here today want what Jesus has but don't want Jesus? What a shame. Many people today would gamble for His vesture, as the old word says. But they would not even look up to see Jesus. Everybody wants what He has to offer. Nobody just wants Him. And that's a shame. And you've missed the point. So beneath the cross, He gave to them what they so richly deserved and wanted. Here's my clothes. And they thought it was so worth something, this seamless robe, that they gambled and cast lots for it. So gambling beneath the cross, the greedy dogs who drove the nine-inch spikes through his hands and feet could only see the worth of a garment worn by a man who was bleeding on the cross. Wow. Wow. That's all. I tell you, I want far more from my Lord. I just want to to follow Him. I don't want what He has. I want Jesus. That must be your mindset. And then He'll provide all these other things, but just want Him. His mother, He left in the care of John. You see all this happening? The last will and testament of Jesus. To us He gave the the Holy Spirit. To His Father He gave His soul. His body He gave to Joseph. His seamless robe went to the soldiers. His mother went to John. Woman, He said. Behold your son. John, behold your mother totally disconnecting himself from this woman-child cult that goes on today. The redemptive work on the cross had nothing to do with her. The blood of Jesus has nothing to do with her. She was a good woman. And when the redemptive work was happening on the cross, he said, woman, that's your son now. That right there. I'm not. He's going to take care of you now. He didn't say mother. He didn't say mom. He said woman. But what would He leave? What should He leave to these poor disciples That forsook everything to follow him. What could he leave? Jesus left his disciples every single thing that his mission was about. All that he came to to earth for? To once again have peace with God. To go, I mean, he he took us back. You have to understand the gift of peace that he gave. They gave them the gift that did away with the curse from Adam and Eve. He took them back all the way to the beginning of time and said, This, my peace, he says. He said, Peace is what I leave with you. Listen to this, he said. My peace. My peace. He says. I give you. Not the world's peace. Mine. So here you have this little group of men. Who suddenly are taken back before the fall. And are given right standing with God. And finally have The peace that they've never known of. I bet it was shocking to them. When they found this kind of peace. When the Holy Spirit came that brought this promise to fruition. You see a marked change in every single one of them. They suddenly become men of God and people of God. You can see it. Simon was no longer, Peter was no longer this coward. No, he stood up in front of thousands and told them who Jesus was. The peace of God will give you strength. Because you know it don't come from the world, it's coming from God. The peace of God will give you the ability to have what I've always called holy boldness. Boldness. Because you're not worried about what the world thinks. You're not getting what you need from the world. You're getting it from God. Suddenly, your source has changed for all things. Jesus gave them everything that his mission was about to once again restore man to a relationship with God like Adam had before he fell. To once again remove the curse, the ability to remove the curse off of man, to give him a pathway to get the God that was taken from them by Satan in the garden and by deception. To create redemption. And a legacy that they could leave behind, that we could pick up on. So, two, to whom the legacy is bequeathed, you, my disciples and followers. Why? Because they were going to be exposed to some of the most violent criminal acts against their belief system in all times. They would be put to death. They would be executed. I don't know about you. But when Peter was crucified and he said, hey, listen, he was so at peace with God, he said, turn me upside down. I don't even need to look like Jesus, be in that same form. When he was executed. When they were beaten and dragged through towns like Thomas. When Andrew hung on the cross for days, roped to a cross for days. He hung there and was able to take it because he had peace with God. He was getting everything he needed from God, not from man. The most miserable people on this earth, you take a look at some of the most famous celebrities. When they get denied man's joy and man's applause towards them, they go nuts. When they don't have a crowd anymore, when they don't have the applause of people anymore, they go into failure mode. But to a true person of God, you don't need that. The Bible says we don't look to please man. We do what we do to please God. And that comes in preaching the Word. And that comes in living your life. I don't preach sermons to please people. I do them that produces pleasure from God to me doing His will. In the manner that it was left, Jesus didn't want to merely compliment his disciples with peace like a formality or like some sort of a blessing. He gave it to them. True spiritual peace that comes from the soul. What they should use it for. What use would it have? He says, Let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be troubled. You're going to have all kinds of things to go through. But this that I'm leaving you will help you overcome it. Because He did. So this peace, this last will and testament of Jesus as He was on the cross, and the last thing that He gave was His life. He went into death so that you could live. He went into death so that you could go to heaven. He went into death that way. Denying himself of his Godhead. Dying as a man, being obedient to God. He gave us the ability to go to heaven. What a legacy to leave behind.